Shalom and welcome to the Jewish Mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. This lecture is called Bikurim, First Fruits, Overcoming Self-Doubt. In this lecture we are going to discuss what I call the non-medical bipolar disorder, where it comes from and how to overcome it. By non-medical bipolar disorder, I am referring to the average person's shifts between feeling empowered and inspired to be able to overcome all obstacles and succeed, to the weakened feeling of, you can't fight City Hall, that feeling that there are superstars amongst us, but the rest of us in reality can only achieve mediocrity. I am clearly not talking about the medical bipolar disorder or clinical depression which has to do with chemical imbalance and should be treated medically. This lecture is exploring why we have these sudden strong feelings of empowerment, where they come from, and how we can hold on to them, making them our natural disposition and attitude in life. In every inspirational self-help and life coaching book out there, the emphasis is on attitude. That there is the winning attitude and the losing attitude. Many of us turn to religion and spirituality for this very reason, in search of inspiration, which in other words, is an attitude change. The problem with externally suggested inspiration is that our insides are fighting this in external inspiration, if for no other reason than that of the habitual patterns in our mindset. And therefore, we keep on needing to turn to the external inspiration again and again. Eventually, the novelty of the external inspiration, which took our internal mindset by surprise, loses its novelty and its power over the decades of our ingrained mindset. Thus, we must not rely on the external inspiration to carry us through the long-term overhaul of self. Rather, the external inspiration is but a shovel handed to us in order to dig deep within ourselves, in order to find our inner wellspring of empowerment, inspiration, and winning attitude. It is precisely this inner wellspring and the earth that covers it up that we are going to explore. It is precisely the shovel and the digging that uncovers this inner wellspring, bringing it to our day-to-day -day life surface that we are going to define in this lecture, based on the mystical teachings of Judaism. This week's Torah portion called Kitavo, When You Will Come, begins with the following commandment. And let me quote to you the first two verses. And it will be when you come into the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance, and you possess it and settle in it, that you shall take of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you will bring from your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, and you shall put them into a basket and go to the place which the Lord your God will choose to have his name dwell there. This is one of many commandments concerning the, agric the agriculture produce in Israel. This commandment is called Bikurim, first fruits, which is the first commandment that is performed upon the produce of the field. Then there is the commandment of Teruma, which means literally separation, donation, which is taking a portion of the produce and giving it to the Kohen. This is followed by the commandment of Maser, tithing, that is given to the Levite. 
and there is a second form of maser which is given to the poor. Each of these agricultural commandments also have their spiritual dimension as they play themselves out within the individual person himself, in which he himself is the produce of God's field. We will be discussing the two commandments of Bikurim and of Teruma in their spiritual dimension within our lives. Rabbi Shalom Dovber of Lubavitch shared with his son Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak of Lubavitch a very mystical experience that he had on this very Shabbat in 1892. Because Rabbi Shalom Dovber had worked extremely hard on understanding and delivering a mystical teaching of his father, Rabbi Shmuel of Lubavitch, his father came to him from the afterlife and granted him to be able to experience a Shabbat in the Garden of Eden, in which he was able to hear the teachings of the great Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov delivered in the Garden of Eden on these very verses of our Torah portion for his birthday, which is on the 18th of the Jewish calendar month of Elul. This, the teaching was delivered at different times during Shabbat, with the Baal Shem Tov adding on insight at each time. The teachings are documented by the Rebbe of Righteous Memory in his book Hayom Yom as follows. And I'm going to quote to you what the Rebbe writes for the 18th day of Elul in his calendar book of teachings for each day called Hayom Yom. Outline of the Baal Shem Tov's discourse on Shabbat Tavo Chai 18th of Elul in the year 5652 which is in the secular year of 1892 after Kabbalat Shabbat. It will be when you come into the land Eretz that the Eternal your God gives you for an inheritance and you will inherit it and dwell in it. The Midrash notes that Eretz is an idiom of Mirutza, running, and of Ratzon, will, desire. When you attain the level of Ratzon, desire, that is a gift from above and an inheritance for every one of Israel, then your work is you will dwell in it to internalize all you have attained, bringing it down in a settled manner. You shall take and place it in a basket. This means draw down the spiritual lights into appropriate vessels. You shall go to the place the Eternal your God will choose. This means a Jew must know that when he goes from one place to another, he is not going on his own, but is being directed from above. And the intention and purpose in this is to cause his name to dwell there. This means that is to make God known in his, that Jew's, locale. After Ma'ariv, the evening prayers, the Baal Shem Tov repeated this discourse and added, It will be when you come. This means for you to attain the level of desire, etc. It is necessary that you shall go to the place to cause his name to dwell there. You are to utterly dedicate yourself to making God known there. How does one make God known? With a bracha, making a blessing, and a verse of Tehillim, Psalms. End quote. Thus we see from this teaching that the spiritual dimension of the commandment of Bikurim, first fruits, is about reaching our power of higher will and higher desire and to then bring them down into our conscious basket. However, let us first explore a seeming contradiction within the verse of who is coming to who. 
First, the verse tells us, and it will be when you come into the land. Spiritually meaning that it is our job that we must come to the land. However, the verse then goes on to say, which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance. Spiritually meaning that it is not our job, but rather that it is a gift of inheritance from God. Which is it to be? The answer is that there are two specific levels of will and of desire. The higher will and higher desire are called simple will and simple desire, while the lower will and the lower desire is called will of reason and desire of reason. What this simply means is that the lower will and lower desire are born and driven by reason. Reasoning of the goodness of something or the emotional pleasure of something is why we want or desire that something. However, the purest and higher will and higher desire is one that comes forth from the essence of who we are. This is so powerfully so that even when our logic and our emotions seemingly deny and fight contrary to our simple will and simple desire, the fight and denial may succeed in covering up our simple will and simple desire, but will never extinguish it. Our simple will and simple desire will consistently find ways to the surface of our mind and heart, and at sudden moments will fully dominate and express themselves in our conscience. Thus, we can now decipher the contradiction of the verse. When the verse is saying, and it will be when you come into the land, the verse is speaking of the will of reason and the desire of reason. The lower land, Eretz, is one that we need to toil on and logically develop through Torah study and emotionally developing through working on our self-refinement. However, when the verse says, which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance, the verse is speaking of the higher land, which is the simple will and the simple desire, which is an eter eternal, non-destructible gift from God within the essence of our soul and its attachment to God. Another teaching that we need to explore before we can discover the secret to the non-medical bipolar disorder is that of the Midrash Tanchuma upon our verse. Here is what the teaching says. Moses saw through Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration, that the holy temple will be destroyed and that the commandment of Bikurim will therefore stop. So he instituted for the children of Israel that they should pray three times a day. The question is, what does prayer have to do with the agricultural commandment of bringing Bikurim to the holy temple and giving it to the Kohen? To understand this, we will now define the mystical dimensions of Bikurim and of Teruma. The mystical teachings based upon the verse in Hosea, like a ripe fig, the actual word is kibikura, first fruit, on a fig tree, in its beginning, I saw your forefathers. And the verse in Jeremiah, Israel is holy to the Lord, the first of his grain. Based upon these two verses, the mystical teachings define the mystical dimension of Bikurim to be the Jewish soul, and specifically the forefathers of the Jewish soul, which refers to the essence of the Jewish soul. There, where the simple will and the simple desire exists. 
Now, the mystical dimension of Teruma refers to the Torah that was given on Mount Sinai in 40 days, which makes up the Hebrew spelling of the word Teruma. The Hebrew spelling of the word Teruma actually spells out the word Torah, Mem. Mem is the alphabetical number for 40. King Solomon in Proverbs refers to the Torah as, and I quote the verse, the Lord acquired me at the beginning of his way, in which King Solomon is saying that the Torah was created by God before God created the universe. This is the mystical reason why the measurement of produce that must be given for Teruma is 2 out of 100, representing the two parts of the Torah, the written law and the oral law. Now what is completely amazing is that Bikurim, which refers to the Jewish soul, comes before Teruma, which refers to Torah. The law is that first one must give the Bikurim gift and only after that the Teruma gift. The mystical mean, this mystically means that the source of the Jewish soul, the essence of the Jewish soul, comes from an even higher depth within God's thought, so to speak, than even the Holy Torah. The essence of the soul, Bikurim, is ingrained within the simple essence of God. It is primordial and is not affected or blocked by the concealments of creation at all. However, now we can also understand the challenge of mystically giving Bikurim. For in its absolute heights and simplicity, it is, from the physical human being's point of view, absolutely subliminal, as the wellspring hidden deep within the earth. Now we can understand the mystical reasoning behind the non-medical bipolar disorder. One uh, on the average, I'm sorry, on the average, what we experience on a regular basis is the lower dimension of, the, of our soul with its will of reason and desire of reason. The lower dimension of our soul is subject to being intimidated by the challenges of the secularized world and its obstacles to success. Success demands a very focused and undaunted power of will and power of desire. However, the will and desire that is built and driven by logical and emotional reasoning is subject to losing focus and to becoming daunted. However, there are those sudden moments of revelation in which the higher dimension of the soul, the Bikurim essence of the soul with its higher will and its higher desire, which is absolutely focused and absolutely undaunted at all. Of this, the purpose of this lecture then is to understand how one can bring about the surfacing of his soul's Bikurim on demand. This is exactly what Moses was concerned with. When Moses saw that the holy temple would be destroyed and therefore Bikurim would stop. What this mystically means is that Moses saw that the center of revelation where a Jew comes to see and to be seen by God is going to be destroyed and thus the Bikurim of the soul is going to submerge into the hiddenness of the earth. Moses looked for a solution through which we will be able to connect with the Bikurim of our soul even after the holy temple would be destroyed and we would be led into a spiritual exile. 
The solution that Moses found was prayer. Why? First of all, the three daily prayers were instituted by our forefathers. Abraham instituted the morning prayer as the verse states, and Abraham arose in the morning. Isaac instituted the afternoon prayer as the verse states, and he, Isaac, went out to the field to pray. And Jacob instituted the evening prayer as the verse states, and he, Jacob, came across the place and he spent the night there. We explained earlier that, mystically speaking, forefathers represent the essence source of the soul. Thus, prayer is connected with the essence source of our souls. Additionally, in a more practical understanding of how prayer helps us reach the Bikurim of our soul, we will turn to the Torah story of the dream of Jacob, in which Jacob dreamt of, and I quote to you the verse, Behold, a ladder was wedged into the ground, and its top reached the heaven. Our sages teach us that Jacob's ladder refers to prayer, upon which we ascend from our lower soul wedged into the ground to our higher soul reached to heaven. The verse of Jacob's ladder concludes with, and I quote the end of the verse, And behold, angels of God were going up and down on it. What this mystically represents is that prayer helps our lowest soul ascend to its source, the higher soul. However, it also accomplishes for us to have the mindset of the higher soul descend into the tangible conscious mindset of the lower soul. This is why Moses' solution for each and every one of us to be able to connect with our Bikurim even after the Holy Temple was destroyed was to institute that we each pray every day. This is how we overcome self-doubt. In closing, I want to speak to you about some practical advice on praying. I can go on and share with you the latest medical research on the healing powers of prayer, and I can share with you that the entire original 12-step recovery program, which maintained a 70% success rate, is built upon the recovering addict's prayer, praying every single day, and multiple times a day at that. However, I will let the doubters amongst us and the practical powers of prayer to go on and do the research available to us at the tip of our internet fingers. What I want to close with is the practicality of how to pray. Somewhere between the hours-long meditative prayer and the Zoom Zoom Gonzalez prayer, there is yours and mine practical prayer. Jewish prayer as we know it today is made up of the Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, God is our God, God is one affirmation, and the Amida asking God for our daily needs prayer. This is what the practical yet powerful Jacob's Ladder of Prayer is all about. The first step of prayer is, to sim is the simple acknowledgement that God is everything and everything is God, and thus God is one in the spiritual heavens as well as God is one upon the physical earth. From this acknowledgement, we move forward to turn to God and to humbly ask God for all of our needs, our spiritual needs and our physical needs. Now, I want to point out one last detail about prayer. Even though ever since the Holy Temple was destroyed, 
we do not physically get down on our knees and bow in prayer. Nevertheless, prayer remains all about bringing our ego down to its knees and all about bowing our head of reasoning so that we may have an open mind and a new experience of the Bikurim of our souls, simple will and simple desire. Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. The Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.